Climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators can utilize the power of service learning to redesign education. Today's show is a little bit unique. Um, it's part of NYLC's 32nd Annual National Service Learning Conference. For the past two days, hundreds of students, educators, and community leaders have participated in programming to improve their service learning practice, increase student engagement, and improve their, um, their desire to tackle the challenges that are facing our communities. Students across the country and around the world planned workshop sessions and showcases to demonstrate the impact that they're having. During the virtual live event, I announced that NYLC has joined forces with Missouri State University and Studi Alternative Center in Springfield, Missouri, creating a global call to action to tackle literacy and numeracy loss in our children. Often, this is referred to as the million word gap. The project is called Bridging the Divide Through Reading and Writing Literacy as in, and was inspired by the work of the Studi High School in Missouri. So joining me here today to talk about this global call to action and the great work that's happening in Springfield is teacher Elizabeth Beth Nickel and student Jacob Carcione. Beth has been with Studi for more than 30 years, working with students to tackle community issues. She was named the 2008-09 school year Teacher of the Year in Springfield Public Schools and was recognized in 2012 with the Service Learning Practitioner Leadership Award, which was presented during the National Service Learning Conference. Jacob is a sophomore and is one of the student leaders on this Children's Literacy Project. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. So, Beth, I want to start um, by asking you to tell our listeners more about um, Studi and um, what's happening in your school. Thank you, Amy. Um, such a great privilege to be here today to talk to you. Uh, Studi is a the alternative school in Springfield Public Schools uh, in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, for 33 years, it's been providing alternative education for students who needed a different environment than the traditional setting could provide. We are small, um, have a slightly reduced schedule, and really work on connecting our students to their community, uh, making sure that our uh, curriculum is rigorous but relevant, and really working to build relationships with our students. Uh, Studi uh, uses a lot of service learning and has been doing that for about 30 years now. And we found that it's such a wonderful way to get our students engaged, not only in the community, but also in their learning. Wonderful. I love rigorous, but relevant. And I think that speaks um, so wonderfully to service learning. So how about you, a little bit of your background as an educator? So you've been doing this a little while, and it kind of sounded like maybe Studi started with service learning about the same time as you. Like, how did, how did you come into this? So I was really fortunate that when Studi first opened, I was hired to work there the very first year. So I've been here the entire time the program's been open. And we first were introduced to service learning uh, through the federal program Serve America in 1992. And so since then, it's been a real learning experience for us. We got involved with you all at the National Youth Leadership Council, uh, been able to provide our students lots of different experiences, whether it be in an individual classroom that's working on a service learning project or trying to have an all-school service learning project that we're all involved in. Um, we try to do that a couple of times a year. Obviously, this year has looked a little different, but we're still looking for ways to engage our students in this um, just really such a fantastic way to keep them 
engaged in the curriculum. It's hands-on. They have youth voice in what's happening. And we find that it's a really fantastic way to engage our students in the curriculum. Wonderful. So, um, Beth did say um, that they've been doing this since Serve America Act of 1992. And I do want to just do a little aside to do a shout out to say, um, if you're interested in helping us try to get funding once again um, put back into that act, um, check out the Coalition for Service Learning um, website. So it's coalition, the number four um, servicelearningsl.org. Um, and we're trying to get money put back in to that act. So thanks for, uh, for uh, talking about that a little bit, Beth. Anytime. <laughs> um, so, Jacob, um, you're a student leader on um, in this project and um, a student at this school. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about you? What's your background? Um, well, as you know, I am a sophomore in high school. And uh, I don't know. There's really not much I can say about my background in, nas- in serving learning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, that's okay, Jacob. Like, we're going to talk about the project and everything, but I'm just, I'm, I was curious about you. Like, what's your favorite pastime? What do you like to do? Like, we know you serve because you're going to be talking about that, but how about <laughs> you? Like, what's, what do you, what music do you like? What are some fun things that you like to do? Well, I like spending time at home and trust me, I love to say that, I spend most of my time outside and I'm very active, but most of my nights end up with me sitting on my bed texting my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, typical teenager, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as of my favorite music, I don't have a favorite type. I listen to all types. Um, not a fan of country music. <laughs> it's It's pretty weird when you're living in Missouri and you don't like country music, but... You know, that's just how I am. (laughs) Yep. I could see how that might uh, set you apart a little bit from the crowd. (laughs) Yeah. I've been in some heated debates. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also a fan of all music, so we'll have to talk about that offline. Um, (laughs) Beth, I was hoping you could share. You've talked a little bit about... um, started to talk about how service learning has is part of your school. Um, what does that look like for the students? How do they engage? How is um, service, lear- service learning really integrated into the culture? Or the How is it part of STUDI? So we do it a couple of different ways. Um, one is that we have individual classes. Uh, the class that Jacob was in was a reading class. We have science classes that are engaged in service learning projects. Um, some of our art classes are currently doing that. So you might be in a class that's working on a particular service learning project that um, may have already been started by someone the year before or is something that that class started this year. We also have um, a class called Intro to Service Learning where we can students who are really interested and want to get involved um, are in a class for about nine weeks where they talk about um, service learning needs they see in the community and what kind of impact that they can have. And then we also try to do a couple of school-wide projects each year. Um, Typically about this time of year, we'd be engaged in our Earth Day projects where we'd have the entire school engaged in a variety of service learning projects throughout the community that would connect to their Uh, social studies, science, English classes, and we would just try to get everybody, we want every student that comes through to at least have one chance every year to be engaged in service learning. And um, we have a population that is um, pretty mobile because students um, can stay with us until they graduate or they can return to their home high school. And so we just want to make sure that we're offering service learning at several different levels so that every student has the chance to to be engaged in service learning at least one time a year. What would, I, I know this is, wasn't a typical year, but what was the like last year's Earth Day project? What did you guys do? 
So unfortunately, last year we couldn't do it either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but that's I, okay. I'm, I'm stuck in. Yeah, two yeah, years no, ago. It's two it's years been ago. Way too long in this pandemic, Beth. It is. You know, I know. <laughs> so we worked a couple years ago. We uh, had students who went to the zoo and did some service uh, in some of the pens out there, and then also learned about the animals and did some writing um, some reflection as they did their work. We had a group of students who went to a botanical garden to help um, and then did a writing exercise at that garden. We had students who went to the art museum and then created um, uh, visual art for younger kids that was also very sensory. So it might have, um, they took old sweatshirts, they might tie something on with different textures, something on that made different sounds. Um, and so the kids helped create those. Uh, we also have, uh, been engaged with several of the community gardens around Springfield and a lot of our science kids would take part in that. So we try to, everything obviously was focused as much as we could on the environment. So even the art museum piece was a recycling project, um, but we want students to get engaged somehow in addressing an environmental issue, but trying to provide lots of different opportunities to get involved in the community as well. That's wonderful. Um, I love that you talked, you just touched briefly, but you said the word reflection, and I know you're a strong believer in reflection. Um, beyond journaling, I'm putting you on the spot because I know you know this. Like, <laughs> what are some other reflection techniques that you've used with, with those projects? So we've done some poetry writing. I think that's probably for some reason, one in the spring and nature that really speaks to me at least. And so we've engaged the kids in some poetry reflection activities. Obviously, art, uh, drawing, painting has been a great reflection tool for us. Uh, Again, in the um, environmental projects that we do for Earth Day, we do some recycling arts where might do some found objects and some sculpture and how, you know, how does that represent our experiences in service learning and, and working with these different community organizations. That's awesome. I love that you used recycled art. And I have to imagine that poetry might be um, pretty compelling for students now, especially, I mean, I know I was um, just blown away by Amanda Gorman and her, um, and she has her new book out. Um, and so poetry, I went to the bookstore and poetry, the poetry section was wiped out. Um, so, um, so thinking about how students are connecting now um, when they see a student be successful through, through that medium is pretty amazing. Um, we are going to take a brief pause. Um, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with our guests, um, teacher Beth Nickel and stu- student Jacob Carcione. Um, so stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? 
Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, um, we're speaking with Studi High School teacher Elizabeth Beth Nickel and her student sophomore Jacob Carcione. Um, again, thank you both for joining me here today. Um, we were just talking to Beth about um, some of the service learning experiences that they've um, provided um, at Studi. And Jacob, I'm really curious, what was your most memorable service learning experience? Well, actually... Uh, this is, I think, my first service learning project. Um, so I guess this would have to be the most memorable. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's made it memorable for you? Are there are there different activities or connections that you've made that that stick out to you? I think it's the fact that. This started out as just being a way of trying to help people, and I think it's amazing how this much outreach has gotten to it. And uh, there are multiple parts to it. Uh, back when I was still in Beth's class, we actually recorded a few just generic children's books, and uh, I think it was just a really fun thing to do. And I'm just excited that this is going to start helping more kids you know, avoid illiteracy. When you're doing service learning in your class, um, in your class, like with um, with Miss Nickel, what's the what's the big difference between a service learning class and a non-service learning class for you? The big difference to me is that, well, a non-service learning class is you know just a class. You go in there, you learn. And then you just go to your next one. The thing about a service learning class is this feels like something that that's going to stick with me for a long time. And it makes me feel great that, you know, I'm not just walking in there to learn, but I'm walking in there to also help other kids learn. Awesome. Um, Beth, I'm curious, um, what have other students, um, maybe past students said to you about their um, service learning experiences. Have have you had the opportunity to hear from any of your past students? Yes, and we have several that keep in touch with us and even some that have talked about their own children and wanting to get them engaged in community service or volunteerism because of their experience with service learning. I think that for our students, a lot of the times, um, it's that connection to the community and realizing that maybe they've been, you know, not on purpose, but maybe been overlooked before in our community. And now they are really contributing and making a difference. And so um, I think that sticks with them. I, I have one student that I still talk to her and her sister and they're uh, in their thirties and just talking about the service that they're continuing to do um, for, you know, in their communities, they live in Springfield and um, in Arkansas. And I'm just blown away by that impact that service learning can have. You know, that was, um, they're continuing to do that. That doesn't have anything to do with me. Um, but it's so great that we had the opportunity to expose them to the difference that they could make while they were a student with us. 
we often talk about service learning being this like on-ramp to lifelong service. And so it's really exciting to to hear those stories of, of people talk, coming back and talking about, I want my children to have these experiences because it was so impactful on me. Um, as a teacher, um, how has it impacted your career? I I don't even know what my teaching career might have been like if I didn't um, have the opportunity to learn about service learning and to get involved. It is just opened. It's open doors for me. It's open doors for my students. The opportunities that they've had through organizations like the National Youth Leadership Council, through Peace Jam. Um, through other organizations that we've worked with have just been spectacular. And to allow me to engage, you know, because I get to engage in the community as well. And um, it's a great way to feel like I'm making a difference. I'm helping my students are making a difference. And um, and it really set me on a positive track that I couldn't have imagined when I graduated from college uh, would be where my teaching career would end up. So I am so thankful for service learning and all the wonderful people in the service learning world that I've met and worked with and the students that have come through and really taken hold of this idea of making a difference through their learning um, because it certainly has impacted my career and and I hope made me a better teacher, but definitely kept me engaged in the learning that's taking place um, and, and kept me on my toes for the last 30 years. <laughs> no one said that it was easy, right? We never say exactly. service learning is an easy process. <laughs> it definitely keeps us all on our toes. That's so um, true. <laughs> when you think about, you've touched on this a little bit, but I'm hoping, I, will you share just a little bit more about the benefits you've seen in your students, um, especially academically? So I think that oftentimes, and and Jacob may choose to disagree with me or agree, I'm not sure, but lots of times when students come to our school, they need a different way of approaching the curriculum. And so service learning allows us to do that. And I think it reengages the students in their learning process. Um, It gives them a voice to share what they think is important, what they think should happen. Um, and I, you know, it, it also gives them a chance to see the teacher as in that role of facilitator, you know, that we, mistakes happen, we may do things that don't work out, and then how do we work to solve that? Um, and I think that's important for students to see as well. That's a benefit um, that comes from, from, you know, even a bad service learning project is a fantastic learning uh, opportunity. And so I think my students have grown as community members. They've um, been able to get excited about learning again. And um, it's given them a chance to uh, really see where they want to go. And where they'd like to take their learning, whether that is in some postgraduate work in college or uh, technical school or just how they want to be involved in their community as they're becoming um, employed and and a contributing member of society. So, Jacob, do you agree with Ms. Nichol or disagree? I actually agree. (laughs) You got it right, Beth. <laughs> good. And good answer, Jacob. No, no. You could have said disagree. <laughs> youth voice, right? Like That's right. You know, youth voice, sometimes they disagree. <laughs> it's okay. You can That's disagree. Right. <laughs> so, Jacob, so we know this pandemic, and apparently it's been two school years, if I, you know, get my time frame right in my head. Um, the pandemic has been really hard. Um, you haven't been able to do service learning the way that, um, the, the school has traditionally done. So what are you doing differently um, so that you can still make that impact on your community? Well, what we are doing differently and what me and my other classmates brainstormed is we needed to find a way to still help kids learn and have fun while doing it while also managing 
to be socially distanced while also managing to avoid the spread of COVID-19. So that's when we came up with the idea to record ourselves reading and making funny voices and doing all that so we can still get the reach that we want, but also be safe, you know? And I think that that's important because the pandemic may have made things hard, but that doesn't mean you can't do things. Very well said. Very well said. Um, We're going to take another quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Beth and Jacob. Um, So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world, Voice America Empowerment Radio. And remember, you can download our podcast um, on any of your favorite podcast um, apps. Just look for um, Voice America Empowerment Radio, search for the power of young people to change the world and download those podcasts. We'll be right back after this quick break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm here with teacher Beth Nickel and student Jacob Carcione. Um, and we're about to talk about this new global call to action to tackle childhood childhood literacy and numeracy loss. If my tongue could wrap my, itself around those words, we, <laughs> we'd be in a really good space. So, Beth, um, Studi Center is partnering with Missouri State University and NYLC to address childhood literacy through service learning and through this new project called Bridging the Divide Through Reading and Writing Literacy. Can you talk about this call to action? What is it? Yes. So we are looking at um, starting with the UN Sustainable Goals uh, for 2030 and looking at quality education for everyone. We want to help students who may find themselves because of the pandemic or just because of their own situation, lagging behind in literacy and numeracy education to give them an opportunity to gain back somewhat of some of what may have been lost. And so we're asking students from everywhere to create books about any subject that they want to um, that would help younger children learn to read. We know the importance of early childhood education. We know the importance that literacy plays in early childhood education. 
And, you know, unfortunately, in the United States, 21% of our population is illiterate or functionally illiterate. And so if we can start helping students at a much younger age um, learn to read, engage in reading, um, gain back those words that you mentioned at the beginning that they're losing over time, then we're going to give them a much better chance of success in school and success later in life. And so we are just asking people to create children's books um, and record those books and uh, submit them to Missouri State University so that they're available for teachers and parents, guardians, whoever works with younger students so that they can help those children hear those words, see those pictures, really begin to make the connection for our uh, pre-readers, and then for our students who are able to read already, help them just practice. Again, reading aloud is important at any age, and so we want them to have those experiences, and um, we hope that all of this together really creates an opportunity to support our youngest learners um, in their reading journey. I'm really excited about this project, I will be honest. Um, When we started talking about this, um, however many months ago, um, it was it was just one of those like moments where you're like, this could be something so special and spectacular. And I love, um, Jacob, you talked about that um, you guys came up with this. This was your voice. You said this was something that you could do. Um, can you share the details about, you talked about recording books. Can you um, share some of the details of the things that you guys are doing? Like what age group did you um, record your books for? Um, kind of what are some of those those nitty-gritty things that you guys are doing so some of the things that we're doing is uh like beth mentioned i don't know you know if she mentioned it to a death but uh that were some kids are making books be to avoid copyright issues uh just about simple things like the alphabet or numbers or stuff like that and like i also mentioned earlier we are recording them and reading them out loud uh through the process of creating the videos, it can be difficult. But other than that, you know, it's it's just something that really is helping kids. Now, a big part of that is outreach. And this is hopefully going to get a lot of outreach. And that's the biggest thing that we need. Uh, you know, that's what we're doing to avoid illiteracy. Thank you for mentioning copyright issues. We should probably just put a little like disclaimer. So um, if you're recording stories, like you're recording yourself reading stories, um, there are copyright issues of videotaping that and uploading it for this project. So we encourage you to write your own stories, um, uh, stories that speak to you, to different age groups. Um, and there's a whole guide um, of how to do this um, on the NYLC um, Global Call to Action website. So thanks for uh, doing that uh, little uh, disclaimer there, Jacob. Um, Amy, I'm, can I add something to that? Absolutely, Beth. Sorry to interrupt. Um, I just think that when Jacob and um, his class, and so I'll just say that at the beginning of the year, we were in a hybrid um learning situation. So Jacob only met with part of the class two days a week, and then they were virtual the rest of the week. So uh, that made for some interesting communication as well. But they really talked about um, how to create a video that would be entertaining for the students. Um, And so did a lot of brainstorming on that. Even once we realized about the um, copyright issues that might pertain Um, Some of the students did a little research on that as well. And so I think that even when you run into a problem, because we didn't know then if we were going to have to stop, you know, in just our small school, what we were going to do. But that was such a great learning experience for us to have those discussions and talk about copyright law and what that meant. Um, So even at that point, I think I thought maybe this would not work as our project. Um, 
but it was still a learning experience. And so I think that's one of the great things about service learning is that even when it doesn't go the direction you would like it to go, you still have so much room to learn and um, to really help your students gain knowledge and information that is is just, you know, part of their education. That is very well said, right? Like we run into challenges every single day with the things that we're doing and learning how to navigate that um, when you can see where you want to go and then there's hurdles thrown in your way. That's a huge part of the learning process, especially in service learning. Um, I don't know too many people who can say they went to implement a service learning project and it went perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Jacob, I would love for you just to talk about um, a little bit more about early childhood literacy. Why should other students care about this? What would you tell students who are like, well, uh, that sounds dumb or that's not something I'm really interested in. Why should they care about tackling this topic? Well, when it comes down to it, I think I would have to tackle it the same way it was tackled to me. You know, when... Beth first offered this service learning project. I thought, just to be frank, I, I thought it was dumb. I I wasn't into it. And then when she started showing the percentages and how big of a deal this is, I was immediately on board. Because once I realized how big of a problem this was, you know, you have to do everything you can to help. And... I think I would do the same thing to other kids because illiteracy didn't sound like a real problem to me. Honestly, I didn't really think it was such a big issue. I thought it was something that happened to just a few people. But this is a real problem. And I think tackling it on when a person is a child or at least younger is a great way to go about it. And I think that's what I would do. Wonderful, wonderful. So starting with just like exploring what the issue is and why it's so important. That's, um, that's great. Thanks, Jacob. So Beth, what would you say to some of the teachers who are ready to get started um, with something like this in their schools? What advice would you give to them? So I think um, we read a lot of children's books to get ideas about different kinds um, that existed. We try to talk about the different jobs that would be involved in creating a children's book. We had, we were very fortunate because last year before we were shut down with the pandemic, some students had taken on writing personalized children's books for an early childhood center. So we had a few students who had gone through that process and had left us some excellent examples of things that they had written. So we were able to pull those out to show this group of students. Um, So I felt really fortunate to have that. But even if you don't have that, just reading children's books, we talked, uh, we reached out to our school librarian and she talked to us about different kinds of children's books um, and talked to us a little bit about creating the videos more in terms of um, what should your voice be like, um, the speed at which you read, some of those um, more technical, I guess, aspects of the creating the videos. And so I think building that sort of support network, looking, having your students look at children's books, and then just, you know, it doesn't have to be um, like this huge uh, project in terms of uh, it has to be the best children's book ever written. You know, you're not going to, we're not looking for a Caldecott winner or a Newbery winner, but just something that the students have put their heart in. Um, and we started with a lot of students writing about uh, kind of turning fairy tales around and trying a different perspective with fairy tales. And so one of the books that we have is um, The Three Little Dinosaurs and the Big Bad Duck. And so just kind of taking that story and they put their own spin on it. Um, And we have students uh, writing books in as a group. One of my English classes, the whole class is writing a book. We have another class where students have paired up to write books. And then I have another class where students are 
writing their books individually. Some of them are creating their own illustrations because they have an interest in arts. They really wanted to do that. Some of them have engaged with another student, maybe a friend that wanted to create the artwork. Um, And we also have tapped into some of the art students here to see if they would help us. So we, we have students at all different levels, you know, because I had a few students who were like, well, I can't write a book or I can't draw a picture. And so just trying to help them find a place that they could start um, where they felt good about their own um, abilities and skills, but then also could push themselves a little bit. And as an English teacher, you know, I'm talking about the elements of fiction and I'm talking about the writing process. So I am hitting my uh, standards and my goals every day as we work through these projects in helping my students understand that in this very hands-on project. So I guess I would just suggest to other teachers, you know, start small, um, expose your students to lots of different kinds of uh, children's books so they can get some ideas and then let them go to town because they're going to come up with some great ideas. Um, and again, some of them may not work out, but they tried. And I think that's such a crucial part of the learning process. That is a perfect place for us to take our last short break And then when we come back, we'll wrap up our conversation with Beth and Jacob. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. The Lord Jesus Christ presents a doctrine through the Apostle Paul for us so that we might teach the word to others. Hear and interpret these words of wisdom each week on the radio program, Why Paul? With hosts Michael and Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton through their ministry, 14th Street Ministries. Michael, Michelle, and Pamela are dedicated to sharing these words with you so that you might pass it along to others. Listen every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm here with service learning teacher Beth Nickel and sophomore Jacob Carcione. Um, Jacob, um, I'm wondering, so we've had a lot of conversation about service learning and how to get involved in the global call to action. What would you say to, um, what advice would you give to students 
who want more hands-on learning experiences like service learning in their cl- in their classrooms in their school what would you have them say to their teachers or their principals to try to encourage this well first off i would tell them that if they really want something they should just go for it and I think that they should just go tell their teacher, list off all the benefits and just, it's a hard thing to explain because it was brought to me and this is just something that my passion has grown into. And I think that if it's something that they really believe in and they want this really bad, then I think they just need to explain that to their teacher or principal and if they're not willing to do it, then take it into your own hands. I'm not saying to go against the system or anything. I'm saying that if it's something that could really help people, then outside of school, gather some of your friends and just tell them, hey, you know, let's do this or let's help this homeless guy. I don't know. I just... In order to encourage people, you have to show people that you're really wanting this and you're willing to do and put in all the work. Very well said. And I I do think that that is a lot of times where some of our um, service learning experiences or the service to community happens is outside of a classroom. Um, So I love like pull your pull your friends together. Do you know how many young people I've spoken with who've like they've started as a small group of of students and then they ended up having their own nonprofit and are like changing um, what's happening in our world in such positive ways. So that was really well said, Jacob. Thank you. You're welcome. So Beth, um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, like you've been doing this for a little while now. Um, what keeps you motivated to continue to teach this way? Oh, that's a really good question. I think, I, I, well, it's the students um, because they become so excited and they are so passionate about what they're doing that you just want to be around them. You want to be a part of that. And even when things may not quite go the way we want them to, or we run into some issues, I think their energy and their enthusiasm uh, really helps me keep up with the projects, keep up with the learning, keep up with all the, um, you know, the things that we might be working with. I do think also that service learning has just proven to me to be an excellent way to help my students learn and um, and become engaged in the community, but but that learning piece, they they really are applying what they've learned in such an authentic manner, and I think not only with the academic skills, but also what we might call the soft skills, being able to um, speak up for themselves, to talk to people in the community, to be on a podcast. Um, I think those opportunities um, are really important as well. And so I'm glad that we are able to provide those for our students and and to see them develop as learners um, is just a really wonderful part of the teaching journey. Um, I do think service learning keeps things interesting and there's, you know, even when you do a project again, it's never the same. And so you're constantly getting a variety of um, learning opportunities coming your way as a teacher. Um, And I'm just, I like the opportunity to help facilitate um, my students' education rather than just feel like I'm the person who's sort of um, providing them with information all the time. Um, And so that's a great place for me to be as a teacher. And I think it's kept me, um, energized and enthusiastic about teaching and being a part of service learning. Thank you for sharing that, Beth. I love um, the idea of facilitating education. Um, I do want to thank both of you guys for joining me here today um, to talk about service learning, to talk about our global call to action, bridging the divide through reading and writing literacy. Um, if you all, our listeners, would like to learn more about this project or service learning, you can visit the NYLC website at nylc.org. 
Um, you can also download the planning guide I talked about earlier, um, find some service learning resources, or connect with others who are just as passionate um, as Beth and Jacob are about engaging young people as solutions and providing them that voice um, in their own education. I want to thank everyone for listening today. And if you missed the start of today's show or you'd like to access prior shows, visit our homepage on Voice America Empowerment Radio or download the podcast from iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Google Play, all those fun places. Just find the Voice America Empowerment Radio and search for the power of young people to change the world. Um, Next week, we have a great show lined up. We have students from Edina 212 Leadership Group um, from Medina Public Schools in Minnesota who will be joined by Karen Van Osdell. I apologize, Karen, if I didn't pronounce that correctly. Karen's the Senior Director of Practice from with CASEL, um, the Collaborative for Academic Social Emotional Learning. Karen oversees um, multiple initiatives to support and scale um, SCL in our schools and is the former executive director for the Office of Social and Emotional Learning for Chicago Public Schools. So you're definitely going to want to mark your calendars. Um, We've got great young people, a great expert in social emotional learning and that connection to service learning. Um, We're live Thursdays at 6 o'clock Eastern, or again, you can always download our podcasts. And as always, um, I want to... um, Invite, if you're an innovative young person who's changing the world or that adult who's passionate about engaging young people as changemakers, you can contact me at info at nylc.org and we might invite you to be on the show. Um, I Once again, I want to thank Beth and Jacob. Um, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. And I also want to thank all the teachers, after-school professionals, foundation and community leaders, and students who participated in the 32nd Annual National Service Learning Conference. I hope you found the event as inspiring and as and as educational as I did. And I want to encourage anyone who's interested in learning more about service learning, again, visit our website, check it out, see if it's something that um, calls to you. Um, Because our conference was virtual once again this year, you can actually still access all of the session recordings and really create your own unique professional development experience, which is, you know, what's really unique about having um, this online event. And I would also like to invite anyone who's interested in supporting service learning to, again, consider um, uh, finding out more about the Coalition for Service Learning that I mentioned at the top of the show. Um, You can um, learn more about the coalition and how we're striving to advance the practice of service learning um, so that all young people have these similar experiences that Jacob talked about um, um, on the show today. So check out the coalition website at coalition, the number four, sl.org, or just email info at nylc.org, and I'll get you connected. Um, So I want you to remember, until next week, we hope that you won't be afraid to serve, learn, change the world. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.